Dr. Nancy O'Reilly's groundbreaking book, In This Together, landed on bookstore shelves with a powerful message. When we work together, we can do absolutely anything. Guidance from 40 women leaders with specific strategies to help women advance their careers makes In This Together even more relevant today, especially with the pandemic's impact on women in the workforce. Take your career to the next level with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly's In This Together, now available on audiobook. Download your copy today. When we got Momo the first bit, and Momo still, she wanted to tell us that it was not good enough for her. She peed on it right away. <laughs> and it was something from one of those big box retailers. I'm not shy to say it. Um, and, and then we just then realized that it cannot be washed. The cat will say, oh, you know, you cannot, you cannot wash this bit. And I was astonished. So you just throw $30, $30 out the window like that. That's Will Chen, the founder and CEO of Play that he started after moving to America from Hong Kong, where he quickly realized, wow, pet parents really treat pets as their kids, you know, and more and more so. Real problems. Is there a way to make sure that the products are either, number one, um, used in the materials or ingredients that are eco-friendly? Career journeys. Uh, for me, it was a life-changing experience because Momo is my first pet. And um, because I came from Hong Kong, you know, not many people there have pets. It's a luxury. In leadership lessons. Trying to hear, trying to hear perspective from different people and judge for yourself what kind of stomach you have for risk, what kind of tolerance you have. You're listening to The Real Leaders Podcast to find out what motivates people beyond their chosen careers. Yes, people, even dog toys can be purposeful, too. On this episode of the Real Leaders Podcast, I think the underlying theme is how your leadership can manifest in all of your products and ultimately a purpose-driven business. See, I'm reading this book right now by Tony Dungy called The Uncommon Life Daily Challenge. And in today's message, it starts out with this quote, what's down in the well will come up in the bucket. See, he says, the things that come out of our mouths or that flow into our actions come from whatever is inside of us. The potential in our lives come from the things that are hidden in our hearts. I want you all to think about this today. What is in your well as a leader that reflects in your buckets for your employees and consumers to drink? Enjoy. In three, two, one. Welcome, listeners, to episode 27 of the Releaders Podcast with the founder and CEO of Play, Releader Will Chen. Play, P L A Y, is a San Francisco based company that specializes in lifestyle pet products such as pet beds, toys, and outdoor gear. Play is one of only three companies in the pet industry that is a certified B corporation, and their mission driven approach has helped them achieve fast growth in the last few years. Prior to starting his own business, Will was a management consultant with A.T. Kearney and has also worked for Boeing. He has a bachelor and master's degree in industrial engineering from the University of Michigan, but most importantly, he is a father of a two-year-old son and a nine-year-old pug named Momo. Will, where's Momo at? Momo is on my lap. Hi, Kevin, by the way. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, yeah, most of my interviews involve Momo. There so. he is. There yeah. he is. Well, Momo. And, um, 
she's and she she loves being on naps. So uh, that's that's her purpose in life. One of her purpose in life besides getting as many treats as she can. Mo- Momo's, uh, yeah. uh, Momo's a pretty photogenic dog. So we're we're gonna <laughs> keep her on uh, for the uh, the eternity of the uh, the podcast. But um, you know, Will, it, it's time to play. <laughs> okay. It's it's time to play. And there's a question I've just been dying to to ask you about. Who who actually let the dogs out? You mean literally? Who let the dogs oh, out? <laughs> who let the dogs out? Who let well, the dogs out? I I think I would like to say me, but in, in essence, I mean, in, in our company, everyone, almost everyone in our company is either dog parents or no, also cat parents and um, pet lovers. So all of us do. I mean. From my perspective, we all are responsible for letting the dogs out. Everyone's letting the dog out. The, the, the dogs out today. I love it. You yeah. know, I, was, I was talking to uh, my dog as well, and I, and I was telling. I said, Bailey, I'm, inter- I'm interviewing Play today, and she just <laughs> wagged her tail and licked me a ton. So she's excited, and I think the first question um, that she wants to know is, what is the backstory behind Play? Yeah, yeah, sure. So. The play play is not something that uh, I thought I ever thought uh, I would create coming off uh, college. You know, uh, me like so many kids from the engineering and business school background went into one of these large company, large corporation, and I did my three years. Um, you know, had the benefit of working for a lot of um, good companies. You know, a lot of very very. Um, experience and brilliant people executives and uh you know but i thought that's kind of just one step in my career and moving on i would do something else and at that point uh there are several things i can do so so many of my coworkers move on to business school move on to work in uh they call it corporate jobs uh, for me momo was really a godsend um you know we got momo as a puppy back in 2009 and uh, my wife, um, Deb, she went back to school in Berkeley. And, you know, the story, the, 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 what happened was I was really shocked at how Deb, you know, doesn't look at price tag at all when she buys things for Momo. Right. And Momo, she grew up with dogs, you know, large dogs, German Shepherd, Retriever, Labs. Uh, for me, it was a life-changing experience because Momo is my first pet. And um, because I came from Hong Kong, you know, not many people there have pets is a luxury you know everyone is a concrete jungle people live in apartments so space you know is is something that constrain and, and make it difficult to have pets so i and i know i know i love i like animals i just don't know how to do with a pet anyway i realized i actually really love being around dogs and and, and animals and uh and then t- tying it to the business aspect i realized wow pet parents really treat pets as their kids, you know, and more and more so. So from everyone I talk to, be it fellow pet parents, be it um, store owners, you know, pet stores that we go into, I just realized it's something that uh, the, the industry I feel is very robust and kind of combining that with um, the idea I thought when I look at everything that's on the shelf, I realize, you know, there are some uh, value-driven products. There are some really luxurious products, but I feel like there's something missing. I feel like 
no, not really. There are not really products that combine aesthetic. Um, you know, call it a broader way to call it is mission driven. But uh, from my perspective, it's either doing something right for the environment or doing something right by giving back mm. and quality. You know, and um, and a little bit of the practicality, the the side story. I know, sorry, Kevin, I can't keep going and going. But no. when um when we got Momo the first bit. And almost still, she wanted to tell us that it was not good enough for her. She peed on it right away. <laughs> and it was something from one of those big box retailers. I'm not shy to say it. Um, and, and then we just then realized that it cannot be washed. The Kelly will say, oh, you know, you cannot, you cannot wash this bit. And I was astonished. So you just throw $30, $30 out the window wow. like that. So, so all these things, uh, you know, lead to kind of a light bulb idea. Like, hey, maybe I can um, do better. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and then I left my job, and I was fortunate to met some designers here in the Bay Area. And uh, the idea came about to create a company that you know have stylish designs, make products that uh, that have both a both a design and aesthetic as well as eco friendly aspect for dogs and cats. Got it. So I just want to recap that a little bit. So I think I think you missed some important parts. I mean, you came from Hong Kong. And yeah. Then, and then you tell me earlier, as I said in the introduction, you go to University of Michigan, go into mm-hmm. consulting for a management consulting, Boeing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you meet your now wife and you realize after you're having your first pet that people in America, they're crazy. They're treating these people as kids. Yeah. And, and they love their dogs. Yeah. Now we have a uh, our you know two year old son, but I've been telling people that we have two kids. You know, one is Momo. Luke is just a second child because Momo was the first. Is is does Momo get jealous every now and then? Uh, Momo does, and the funny thing is, so Luke wants to be Momo's best friend. Momo's not too impressed with this little one running around. Right. So. Um, She's getting better because Luke starts to toss food from his high chair. Right. So these days right. at mealtime, you know, she likes to hover around almost like the jaw movie. So she go around his his high chair just waiting for food to drop. Yeah. There you go. So you come to America, you say people love their dogs, conspicuous spending. I mean, I've seen some crazy gifts for for, for dogs and, and you got a gift and, and Momo, you know, wasted it and you had to throw it away. Um, yeah. And you said that's unsustainable. Yeah. And this can't be the only toy if Momo did this. So yeah. you came up with a product and a line of products and now a company that is using your business as a force for good. Now, a lot of viewers are curious about this. They say, okay, well, well, what is the leadership aspect of this and how are companies making a profit um, off, of, off of being sustainable when uh, you know they have to, sometimes pay a higher price. So the question is, where in the value chain do you add that additional value? You know, whether it's with your employment, whether it's with sustainable uh, products, um, mm-hmm. what is the difference that makes you a B Corp? Yes, I, um, there are quite a few things, I think, uh, that that address what you just asked me. That's a great question, um, Kevin. I think it's, I would like to say it's actually the little things that all add up that make a company um, 
difference. It's not one single thing I can immediately say, oh, because we do this, therefore we are a B Corp. It, it ranges from so many things. And um, for, for I think, uh, those who are listening to this, who are familiar with B Corp, probably know um, there's so many different industries out there and everyone's doing different things. But uh, the way you are certified as a B Corp is they have a very robust process where they really vet your company's operation or supply chain um, in almost every aspect. So, you know, for example, we are, you know, there are companies out there that are providing service. They don't have actual physical products. For us, we do. And the starting point I would like to think is what goes into the products. So um, unique to us, we started off our company making pet bits and then later on toys and then other, we're adding more categories, as you say. And uh, for bedding and toys, one of the key components that go inside is the filler, as you know, just like a pillow or like, um, you know, like couch and sofa. And, and so one area that we actually took some time to to address or look into is to study, is there a way to make sure that the products are either, number one, um, use in the materials or ingredients that are eco-friendly, right? Number two, can you make the products more durable? I call it kind of this step two of environmental friendliness. If your products are durable, then you don't have to toss them out you know, every few months. So you create less waste. So, um, you know, one thing that I think really uh, set us apart or one thing that, you know, we we feel good about is we trade, we have this trademark filler called Panafil. It's from recycled plastic bottles. And mm. it goes, it's the filler that goes into our bedding and our toys. And that, you know, to date, we have helped um, save over 4 million plastic bottles from entering landfill. Wow. So that's one one example of what we do. Yeah, yeah. One example of um, what we do uh, that I think make us stand out, and there are a lot more other things. And I don't, I don't want my answer to drag on and on. But you know, the packaging that we put, uh, we use uh, FSC certified. And uh, for those who are not familiar, a forest forest sustainability council. You know, what they do is to make sure that the paper source is from sustainably managed um, forests and so that there's no adverse effect to you know trees being cut down. Um, you know, and then from there to things like we recently uh, convert to 100% renew- renewable energy for our office. You know, so you know, a lot, a lot of little, little different things. I think being a B Corp is not an end state for us is about constantly having that attitude and the mindset that we can do better, that we can make a difference and, you know, look at every single thing we do and see if we can make a small difference, you know, whether directly to the users who are using our product or to, you know, I think the whole premise of B Corp is that, you know, treat not only your customers, right, but your employees, your vendors, you know, every player is along the supply chain and then all the way down to environment and the society around you. So it's really very holistic. And that's what we love about B Corp, you know, as yeah, we applied, I think, quite young into our tenure. We started in 2011 and in 2014, we learned about it in 2015. Then we, we really set our mind on like, can we, are we good enough? You know, or if we're not, how can we get there? So in 2016, right. um, we were qualified and certified as a B Corp. Right. You know, and and having a triple bottom line, people, planet, profit is a new mm-hmm. concept that a lot of uh, business schools are slow to adapt. 
Um, right. And so it, it really seems like, you know, play is going the extra mile, you know, using the recyclable paper, the recyclable plastics, uh, renewable energy um, mm-hmm. to, to uh, match that criteria. And now, folks, a quick message from a few of our sponsors who enable this podcast to continue. Hey, listeners, if you're a fan of the show, you've probably heard me reference impact investing often. It's one of the most effective ways to support clean energy and limit greenhouse gases to save our future. And I'm no expert in finance by any means on this subject, but I know who is. I'd like to introduce you to Arnerich Messina. Arnerich Messina is an independent investment advisory firm serving individuals and families, foundations and endowments, and corporate clients across the United States. With an emphasis on impact investing and specialization in private markets, the firm has become known for its forward-looking, world-class research and investment opportunities. You can visit them online at www.am-a.com to learn more about their investment approach and read the company's recent white paper, Impact Investing, Why, What, How. Again, folks, that's am-a.com. You can go on there and start investing in impact today. Now, for a lot of people um, on the outside who aren't familiar with the triple bottom line, um, you know, what are some of the challenges that you run into in terms of competition? I mean, uh, are there higher costs with trying to do something like this? Yeah, uh, that's the that's the biggest, and also you know something that that I think is very logical. You think about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you were trying to when you're trying to do the right things, sometimes uh, they come at a cost. So, uh, just be frank. You know, for example, if you take packaging material, um, I would say that the environmentally friendly version of some uh, materials out there would cost a little bit more mm-hmm. than than the than the traditional one, for like a better word. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that goes for a, a lot of uh, things, you know, processes, manufacturing processes that use more state of the art, for example, things that use less uh, water, water, you know, water conservation is an important part of pollution too is another big thing that we look mm-hmm. at. So all the newest um, technology or technique, sometimes they, they really look really good, but at the end of the day, it shows up in your cost. It affects mm-hmm. your bottom line. So as, businesses, I think actually I would say majority of business owners, if all else being equal, would like to do the right things. But the difficult thing is when no one is looking, do you do the right thing that may actually in adversely impact your bottom line? And I also don't think that people understand sometimes it's not that you intentionally choose. Uh, sometimes it's, it's a matter of timing. Like when you don't have a scale, you cannot adopt things that are that, that you, you know, eventually you'll be able to achieve. And that's why I think for a lot of companies, there are, there are multiple year, like, you know, a plan or oh, in five years, we would like to, you know, the next thing that we look at is we want to see if we can be carbon neutral, but that's right. something we're just starting to look at. So I don't have yeah. very specific things to share yet at this point. Well, we hope we can share some soon. And yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm also curious because, you know, we're also learning about, you know, the real leaders behind the company, behind the scenes. And right. uh, I, I want to get a, a picture of kind of what your production process is like. You know, mm-hmm. where, where do you produce these um, these products and, and mm-hmm. kind of walk me through the steps? Yeah, so uh, happy to. So um, actually, our production base is diversifying. Uh, let me take a step back. 
we okay. design, you know, and develop all the products based on, uh, our, you know, with, with our team based here in the States. We have a network of designers, um, you know, they're all over the place. We have designers in the Bay Area, in New York, in Chicago, and in LA. Some of them have moved, so I can't wow. have, have to tr- keep track of them. But once the concept is, is, is created, the actual products are made by a family-owned company based in Hong Kong. Actually, that's where I'm from, of course, because of the right, network right. that I have. Right. Um, my folks are first generation who make children toys. So it's through them that I get to know a lot of reliable manufacturers. And of course, you know, it's, you can, as you can imagine, I leverage a lot of their, their, their relationships and know how and, you know, um, yeah, it is really give us a, a leg up because then you have family who you can trust, who can make sure that you you do the right things when it comes to quality control, where you source your materials and all these things. But as play has grown, we are now very close actually to manufacture a line of products here in the States sometime this year. And we also have um, a line of products that's going to come out from Europe. And that's exciting too. Nice. Now, have yeah. any changes with the the new tariffs or increase in taxes have, have had an impact on your company? Um. Uh, well, I don't want to jinx anything. Yeah, it hasn't yet. Okay. Because Cross I think the the you know they I think they look at the products. I think the next in line to be impacted a lot of are electronics. I okay. think um, consumer products like handbags is a matter of time. I mean, if they don't deescalate. But, you know, I think talking to other fellow business people, you know, in, in all, across all different uh, industries, seems like everyone is just crossing their fingers and hoping that, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't kind of go down a, a slippery slope. But at this moment, it's not there yet, but uh, we don't know. Well, you know, well, it's so cool to just learn about kind of how, how kind of where your product starts and then how the design right. gets sent to Hong Kong and how it's made there and it's sent back to the States. And then, and then you distribute the product, and people buy it, and, and then it's in your home, and Momo's chewing on it. Uh, it's it's one of this. Well, it's yeah, you're right, Kevin. It's one of. Uh, I always tell people is, I mean, you want if you want a business to be sustainable, you need to make profit. But for me, you know, the one of the other biggest um, personal satisfaction doesn't come from. I mean, I love seeing the business grow and grow it with a team that I love. That's something that I also take pride in every day. Mm-hmm. But another thing that for me is really very, very special is to see our products showing up in a boutique, you know, in Canada or, you know, we're selling in 39 countries now. So, wow. you know, our products are popping up in Australia or the Middle East, you know, many countries in Europe. And, uh, you know, and also getting the occasion, getting emails from consumer thanking us for designing the toy that, you know, his or her pup just love, or, you know, oh, my dog, you know, is suffering from a bit of arthritis. Your beds are so supportive. It's the best we have got. Emails like that to me are priceless. To me, those are things that that's more than just, you know, making, making a, making a profit, a growing company. Those are what, of course, what we work hard on every day. But uh, I think that's what make a lot of us here love our jobs. You know, is 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 that, your, what you we make, make a directly impact or make a small difference in pet parents' life. We like to think that way. Absolutely. Well, you're you're a force for good. And there's there's no doubt about it. 
Yeah. Um, so a, a lot of the other, uh, you know, people we have on the show, um, mm-hmm. you know, as we've just talked about, you know, you might have to pay, uh, you might have to charge a higher price for your product. You know, what needs to change in order uh, for those costs to go down? Do, do more people need to uh, buy recycled plastic? Um, so more people are in the industry and there's more competition, lower prices. I mean, what needs to change in, in your mind? Absolutely. You actually just kind of just nail it on the head, uh, hit, the, hit the nail on the head because I, I think a lot of um, newer technology, newer material, they are costly because they're new. There's no economies of scale. So you see that, um, you see that, you know, in the cost of history all the time. So things that we think is very common today, you know, 10, 15 years ago could cost, you know, multiple, you know, compared to what it is today. Uh, I can't think of something immediately off the top of my head, but mm. we see that all the time. When, when, when uh, a new technology gets adopted, then you have a lot more suppliers going into the field that drive the cost down. So exactly what you said, if we want to be able to make it, you know, make it available to the masses, I think the best way is for company that there needs to be some company that are pioneers. I would like to think we are one to first take on some risk and trying to frontier. And then hopefully as you get traction and momentum, it's a, it's kind of a push and pull thing. And then maybe the market has more supply and therefore the cost would just go down. Right, right. Yeah. And, and you were just talking about risk, taking on that risk. Every single entrepreneur is taking on risk um, in, the, in their career. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of funding, how did you get that initial funding? Did you, you know, did you go to an institution? Did you reach out to impact investors, venture capitalists? Where did Play get the initial funding? Uh, we are actually very lucky. We bootstrap. Um, you know, I was approached by, I started to be approached by um, institutional investors since we started getting on um, some of the you know, fastest growing company lists a few years ago. But at the very beginning, you wrote all the way back to 2011. Uh, I'm always very grateful that I have a great you know, family and as a wife who is supportive, who, who, you know, who never, who never doubt or, you know, question what I'm trying to do. They are very supportive in saying like, you know, yeah, if, if this is within our means to try to start a company, then, you know, go pursue your dream. And, uh, you know, what I said earlier, Kevin is, is fortunate that my family is already in the business world. Right. So, of course, you know, in a way, they kind of act as my financier as well. But, uh, you know, as course, as we grow, we also obtain, we obtain uh, methods of borrowing from banks and all this, all this, all these traditional avenues. But, uh, you know, at the beginning was tough because we were strapped. <laughs> yeah, it's not the way. And and like and there's a lot of doubt that creeps in. I mean, what would be your advice to you know a 17 year old kid in Hong Kong who's about to go to the states and wants to be an entrepreneur? Um, you know, I think the advice I would give is don't don't try to get trying to hear trying to hear perspective from different people and judge for yourself what kind of stomach you have for risk what kind of tolerance you have because you hear you hear advice from kind of almost like two ends of the spectrum when it comes to entrepreneurship 
um, you would hear people tell you like, you know, we, we live in Silicon Valley. We hear that all the time. Um, people say feel fast, feel, you know, feel frequent, you know, so it's go big or go home kind of mindset. And it's right in many, especially technology related um, um, segments, because you just have to be the market leader or if not, you fall by the wayside. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, you, you, you hear, you hear people that tells you, you know, um, what's more important is to make sure that you're sustainable, you know, that you are able to reach profitability. That's kind of, you know, where the, the, the school of thought that was uh, brought up, maybe a little bit more traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think for a young kid, whether it's from Hong Kong or, or local kid, you know, when they grow up, if they think that they want to dream of like opening their own business one day, I would say the most important thing is to not have um, too utopian a view of the world, thinking that, oh, if I have the passion, if I have a great idea, I will definitely make it. You know, I think there are a lot of challenges that don't get talked about. A lot of, you know, I can only imagine, um, you know, I can only recall the, the few years where it feels like digging through a tunnel with no, no light at the end of it. So right. it's a very stressful experience. It's very scary. It's very lonely too. These stuff don't get talked about as much because I think we celebrate success. So you, what you hear, what you read is the ones who have made it. It's very glamorous. It's, you know, and rightly so. They, they deserve the credit and the, the spotlight. So I think as a young kid, I would say, yeah, don't just read and be inspired because even though those are important, but you may want to also talk to um, people in the real life and from those who have gone through it, whether they succeed or fail, it, it will shed some light on what, you know, what the journey actually feels like. So that's, that would be my advice. Definitely. Well, I love it. And, and I appreciate you telling that. And I'm sure a lot of our audience who are young viewers as well uh, will interpret that and, and hopefully be inspired. Um, now, Will, uh, you just mm-hmm. mentioned uh, you, know, you were one of the fastest growing companies when I asked you about uh, the initial investments. Um, mm-hmm. Fastest growing companies, they don't just grow fast by selling bad products. I mean, kind of mm-hmm. walk me through what your design process is like because I know I've purchased toys for my dog and they're <laughs> horrible. Either my dog doesn't like it or they last three days. I mean, what's what's like the research and, uh, that goes behind your design and development? Mm-hmm. Well, go um, through many, many for almost, I say, all our products. We hardly ever just think of something and it's a brilliant idea and just get it at the first take. Right. So I would like to say the design process, there are some almost like we call it prerequisite. We don't know whether the company treat that way. We think that craftsmanship and durability is almost like a must-have. So we don't even talk about it these days because that we make it a mandatory thing within within a company. So when we get version like iteration of samples, and uh, you know it, it helps that we have so many office dogs. We you know we, we are pet parents. You know if it doesn't pass, if it doesn't pass us. If it doesn't pass our common sense test. It's never going to be be a product that we add to our collection, right? Um, but take a step back when you say a design process. I think there are quite different ways of looking at it. When it comes to, let me just take our two biggest category of products, say pet beds. We treat pet beds as part of your home furniture because they tend to be bulkier. And we think that from a style standpoint, it should be something that complement your home or your, you know, showcase either your dog or your owner's uh, personality. 
So we look at, we, we believe with the way we look at the design is look at what's the home decor trend these days. If you are looking at buying a couch or, or curtain, what will you be looking at? Um, and then combine that, marrying that with the practicality factor. You know, can the material be washed? Um, you know, is is it something that is, uh, you know, make sure, you want to make sure it's something that doesn't, uh, the head of your pet, the fur don't stick to it. A lot right, of little things right. that we get feedback or as pet parents, we just know. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, as we grow, as we grow now, we also have feedback from our retail partners from, you know, we have now have a brand ambassador program for the last year and a half. We get a lot of great ideas from them. Indeed. You know, we lo- yeah, love them just, you know, because they are passionate pet lovers too. And they care, I think deeply about play. So they tell us a lot, a lot of good feedback and ideas. And then when it comes to toys, the other category, the design process is a little bit different. I would say it's very fun. It's very creative. We always just encourage anyone to throw up like random ideas. Sure. Yeah. Could be combining materials, could be combining yeah. function. At the end of the day, I think pet dogs especially, they just love to be around human. So you look at the function, the function of the toys, I mean, is fetching, is tugging, chewing. You know, maybe these days there are more and more emphasis on interactive toys because you're bo- you're worried that your dogs are bored, right? So uh, that's how the wobble ball, one of our best-selling toy, came about. But anyway, my point is, you know, we don't have to really reinvent what how the dogs play, but what we are trying to create is innovative way that they can have fun and the pet parents, you know. As for, from a human's perspective, if they enjoy either interacting with the dogs with the together with um with, through the toy, or if you know they're just happy because these days we always joke about how everything needs to be Instagrammable, right? right? So if let's say a plush toy that we sell, you know, it's a great. It's just like how we, you know, these days when we have meals, some so many people take a take a photo of the food before you eat it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the plush toys. If it's very Instagrammable, I think consumer find additional value to besides you know to, to it besides it being um being a ten dollar plush toy for the dog. Interesting. So, That's interesting. Yeah. So just catching on huh. catching on to trends and what 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 add value. I mean, whether perceived or, or or you know just people are looking for that thing is I think to us is a uh, is that design process and the actual designing part, of course. Um, I'm not the professional here, but that's what designers are supposed to do. They come up with very cool stuff. We, we, we prototype, we make them, we test them. Um, usually it takes about six to eight months and then become something that we launch. Interesting. Well, wow. Sorry, sorry for the very long no, no, answer no, to no, your very simple all. question. <laughs> not at all. No, it's, 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 an, it's an elaborate question. I mean, you really just walked me through kind of all of the... Um, the the values and all of the criteria that you have to go through in order to design a, a, a pet product. And it's really interesting. Um, and yeah. uh, now, now it's time to turn it to the fans. And we had uh, a question come from Noah. And Noah asks, um, Will, can you explain the Scholars Helping Callers Scholarship? Yeah. So is, uh, so Noah, thanks for the question, is... It's a program that we started actually pretty, yeah, I think five, six years ago, quite early into um, our tenure as a young company. And we wanted to encourage younger minds, you know, the, the next generation, you know, people that are yeah, entering into college 
that, that people that are in high school going to college to we want to promote you know um, animal love or the effort to do something to give back you know to help either we help rescue or if you volunteer some time at a farm any it can be anything we just wanted to hear stories inspiring stories from younger younger people of like what how animals have made a difference in their life and return what are they doing to help animals that are in need um, or it can be the other way around too it's vice versa we just feel like we want to celebrate also the the human animal bond and that was really the inspiration and motivation behind us starting the scholarship it's something that we do annually so we you know we we go through two rounds of um uh no, two rounds of selection process we have a panel of judges Come by, uh, comprising of people both from the company and people from outside mm. and we read all the essays we have um, you know we have a metrics scoring system and we also discuss extensively among uh, our team and usually every year is very you know it's very difficult we will, if we can we'll probably give a scholarship to everyone right. whoever that right is really definitely animal lover and they have done something so by the end of the day it's a very difficult decision but again, the whole point is we hope that is is something that, that encourage people and inspire them to do more goods. And uh, yeah, and a thousand dollars goes towards the the, the winners of uh, the education. So that's that's uh that's the whole scope of our scholar helping college scholarship. That is awesome. And if you're a student out there listening to this and listening to land, where do they apply that? Do they go online to play.com? Where do they go? Yeah, so there are links and pages on play.com. So you can read about um, winners from previous years and uh, what they what they their winning essays and what they did. Um, you can also write directly to scholarship at petplay.com. Well, awesome. We've learned so much today about kind of what play is doing to make the world a better place, um, how its supply chain um, is adding additional social and environmental value. Um, and, and everything from your life story to you know coming from a kid in Hong Kong to to now uh, living in San Francisco with a <laughs> nine year old dog named Momo and a two year old yeah. son currently. Will your success story, your inspiration to all the really out really is out there. Um, and lastly, mm-hmm. the last question I want to ask you is: cats or dogs? Oh, I'm obviously biased. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, I I know I'm gonna get some people mad at me if I'm gonna give my God honest <laughs> truth answer. Um, I mean, the funny thing is, actually, Deb's best friend is a cat person. Um, you know, a person that uh, you know whom I know in Hong Kong. She's also a crazy cat lady, and I have like six cats at home. So I thought uh, I would you know I would say it's a close draw, but for me. You know, for me, I'm sorry. It's Momo. You know, my answer is dogs. Dogs, <laughs> come on. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, any pets, they hold a special place in our hearts. So, you know, no judging there. But Definitely. for me, for us, of course, it's Momo number one, right? Definitely. And, and Will, where are people going to find your amazing products? Yeah, so check out our website. is www.petplay.com. Yep. I would one day like to have a play.com, but I think that it's like a $2 billion company. So we'll take a while. Petplay.com. <laughs> and that's where you're going to find yeah. a scholarship as well. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Well, Will, 
Appreciate your time here on episode 27 of the Realtors Podcast. Folks, you can go online and you can go online now. Well, you can go online now and get your Realtors 100 magazine for free. That's right. You heard me. Realtors 100 magazine for free using code FREE100 when you purchase a year subscription. Get your magazine and learn about companies like Will's who are a hashtag force for good. Learned a ton on the podcast today, Will. Thank you for your time. Um, and to all the realtors out there listening in listener land, always, and I repeat, always keep it real. And that wraps up for this episode 27 of the Realtors Podcast with Will Chen. Folks, what is in your well? What leadership values are you instilling in your company that are bringing up fresh water? If you enjoyed this episode, please, by all means, share this with your friends, family members, coworkers, or anyone that might have a dirty well. For everyone at Real Leaders, I'm Kevin Edwards telling you all, just simply keep it real.